0: Hey, everybody. Dave Lindbergh in Hong Kong with another episode of the THD podcast. Today, joining us from Austria, we have USound to give us an update on their technology and tell us some of the progress they've made in the last year. So we're looking forward to uh, an overview on their MEMS speaker technology. Uh, But without delay, let's not forget about Alti, our sponsor, the Audio Loudspeaker Technology International. We encourage everybody to... uh, join that organization. It's great for networking and and getting connected to different elements of the audio manufacturing supply chain and industry. So without delay, we've got uh, Simon in Japan. How are you doing
1: this afternoon for us, Simon? Good. Uh, weather's got hot over here now. We're into the uh, high temperatures of summer.
0: Okay, great. And joining us from Austria, we have Paul Kutschera, the VP of Sales, and Andrea Rusconi. The CTO, how are you, gentlemen? Doing
2: good, thanks, Dave. Uh, glad to be glad to be back. Okay, thank
0: you, David. All right, so yeah, we we met uh, first time on the podcast about a year ago, but uh, we decided let's get back with you. Sound and MEM speakers is a growing topic in a lot of different applications in consumer and all kinds of different areas um, that where audio normally wasn't placed. So how about we get into a presentation and just go over where you guys are at today?
2: Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. As you said, the last time we spoke was a roughly roughly a year ago um, where we are about to introduce our um, round Connemara uh, series. Um, today, I'd like to give you an update on what's happened in the last, uh, last year, um, both on a, on a a funding base, but also on the the uh, customer base. And then Andrea will actually give a little bit of an update on what's happened from a a technology point of view. Mm -hmm. So the biggest announcement we had last year, end of last year, uh, beginning of this year, is we had another series of funding where we raised uh, 30 million US dollars, uh, 25 million euros from various from various investors this was uh this was a good investing round because we're using this money right now to uh, ramp up the production of a couple of uh, customer projects we we have won in the past year uh, in various application fields uh mostly in tws and and augmented uh, reality which is still our which is uh, still our main focus paired together of course with audio classes which uh, we produce on our own under the uh, under the brand uh, fauna so, with no further delay, I'll, I'll I'll give you an update on four major customer projects we have. Uh, we have one, two of them I can actually name. Two of them um, we're still under we're still under NDA where I can't tell you the brand, uh, but um, I'll give you an idea on when they will when they will ramp up. Uh, before starting with those, um, we've also extended our corporations uh, mainly with uh, the Austrian manufacturer of PCBs, ATNS, where we are producing um, an audio module uh, which can be integrated into TWS. Um, they have really, really good manufacturing of PCBs and we are able to integrate speaker on a Flex PCB together with, uh, with an amplifier. Mm. And from a production perspective, we have shifted the uh, production to the Italian company Alimaster, who is now producing uh, our Garnimet series. This was mainly due to supply chain issues we've seen in the last year and which are still ongoing. Which uh, is want to be closer uh, and manuf- to our headquarters and therefore manufacturing in in Italy. This is roughly a five-hour drive. Mm. So in the customer projects, what, we, what we've seen, we've um, ramping up at the moment um, a TWS project with a major uh, consumer uh, smartphone electronic brand, and those guys, they selected the Connemara series, uh, which I announced last year, which is a, a round mem speakers, which comes in different sizes. Um, we've been working with those guys for over two years in, in, optimizing, in optimizing the speaker to exactly their demands. So it's an exclusive uh, product for this uh, uh, for this company. And we're using the six millimeter uh, round speaker there as a, as a tweeter. Um, and this is basically following a trend we've seen in TWS that, they, um, that the consumer electronic brands are shifting to a two-way audio system. And for those applications, a MEMS uh, working as a tweeter is the, is the ideal uh, solution. You can see this in the, in the picture below from the, from the form factor so we're using uh, the MEMS as a tweeter, and this is then paired with an electrodynamic uh, woofer, which is from the picture very visible, um, way larger than the, than the MEMS speakers. They've selected us mainly because of the form factor bandwidth um the Conomara series is also ipx8 uh, rated so it's easier to integrate it's easier uh, to actually get um an ip rating on the on the whole tws earphone uh the Conomara series is solar reflowable um so the production will will become easier and uh it's also it's also of course weight and and vibration which is uh which is way better than with a standard Balanced amateur speaker you would normally use in in such systems. Hmm. Um, this product is going ramp up in Q. We, we're starting ramping up right now. The customer itself expects that the product will be in the market Q1, maybe Q2 or uh, next year, but they are starting they're starting production right now. Mm-hmm. Moving from TWS, we've um, found an application where um, headphones so far haven't been used that much. Um, this um, is um, magnetic resonance imaging devices. Um, we are here working with um, um, in total three companies, but this is the one I can name. Nordic Neural Labs uh, um, is developing an over-the-ear headphone using the um, Ganymed series, uh, detailed the UTP 2016 version in an array um, to um, to be used in an in, in an MRI machine. So so far, it has been a problem using headphones there because um, there is ferromagnetic material in the speakers, and this is something that just can't go into into an MRI. Mm. And the UTP 2016 version has actually no ferromagnetic material, um, so they're using they're using those in an array to both cancel out the noise um, an an MRI machine is, is is actually making, and this can be quite loud. This can go up to 120, 125 dB on, on a peak. Um, wow. But it's also is necessary that um, the technician um, who's actually performing the scan can communicate with the patient um, easily and, and, and clearly. The reason for that is an MRI scan, um, at least in the US, is, is very, very costly. So they can go up to 4000 US US dollars per scan. And the huge problem they have is that patients um, are dropping out of mid-scan mid and they need to reschedule the scan, therefore adding actually cost. Uh, the tube is very, very narrow. Um, if you feel claustrophobic, and the moment you can hear music or have the possibility to um, talk to a technician, um, people tend to calm down. Um, less scans are getting, are getting canceled. And therefore the company who's actually providing uh, the scans can schedule more scans uh, per day. And that's the reason why a good audio in uh, such MRI machines is is, is very crucial. Mm. Um, and as I said, main USP here is that the um, Ghanimed series, the UTP 2016, um, is having no ferromagnetic uh, material um, inside. Wow. Um, this is an example of one company. At the same time, we're working with two other companies who are developing Um, a similar a similar array uh, headset
0: that's interesting
2: then three weeks ago four weeks ago we basically closed um, a project on uh, an industrial application um, which has nothing to do with consumer electronics so we're we're moving into the uh, microphone test systems um, where we are also, or we have developed with, together with the customers for the past one and a half years, um, a test chamber using uh, using four of our MEM speakers and a reference microphone, to actually to actually test MEMS uh, uh, MEMS microphones in an in an array solution. Um, the reason why they have chosen us was basically the customization services we have uh, we have been offering to them. So this was a joint development with this company. Um, but the technical reason was that the MEMS micro, uh, the MEMS speakers can actually, so this test chamber can self-calibrate itself, and therefore again reducing the test cost and the test time um, of the reference uh, of the reference MEMS uh, microphones. Um, this is of course not large scale. This is not produced in the millions, but Ushant is actually offering the whole block of test chambers to that to that customer. And that's also what we what we can offer to other customers. A huge uh, customization service to them. Um, first products uh, are getting launched right now. And the first test systems will be delivered to the end customers by the end, by so, the end of this year.
0: Uh, just out of curiosity, would that be the type of application where you, you build a little chamber and the mem speaker emit the sound? and then what they're trying to do is to dial in the MEMS microphones for use in like industrial wear or alignment type measuring applications in like in 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 factories or in cars and stuff like that.
2: Exactly. It's a test system for actually calibrating the uh, the MEMS the MEMS oh, microphones. Okay. You're right, yeah. Yeah, cool. A huge machine like a table table size rough.
0: Right, right. Okay, sorry, please continue.
2: Um, And last but not least, just announced, I guess two weeks ago is the Indian company Focali. Focali is uh, very deeply involved in augmented reality classes. Uh, We see quite a lot of development in the segment of AR coming out of India. Um, So they're building up a hub there. Um, to promote uh, to promote um, smaller companies, but also larger scale companies to to build actually augmented reality glasses, and Focally was one of the first that that announced uh, uh, their product prototype stage at the moment, and they're moving into a pilot into a pilot production and a soft launch. Um, they have um, they've selected us for the for the form factor. So um, USAND um, has developed uh, two years ago when we launched the the Fauna. Uh, a dipole configuration using a MEMS, uh, a MEMS tweeter and a ED woofer, what you can see in the, the lower picture here. Um, and together with Focaly we have optimized that system uh, and matched it with their industrial, with their industrial design. And the main reason here was the weight. Um, trend in augmented reality is um, so weight and size, so people don't want to have a piece of tech in their face. Um, so you need to make sure that the temples are as thin as possible and with our solution we can actually offer the, the best audio quality by uh, with a reduced with a reduced form factor there. Second mm-hmm. trend of course is power consumption in, in augmented reality classes um, because of the form factor the batteries is um, normally not not as big as you would see it in a, in a virtual in a virtual reality headset. Right. And those guys will move to mass production again, also in Q1 2023. Uh, and at the moment we are ramping up. Uh, we are ramping up with um, with Focally. Okay. So those are, those are the four main projects. Uh, we've uh, won in the last uh, couple of months and weeks. Uh, full focus on that. There is a lot of more development going, going on, but um, since MEM speakers are still a very new technology, um, people uh, people don't want to uh, tell a lot <laughs> to the outer world about their developments You want to keep it as secret as possible to be then able uh, to promote it to promote it accordingly okay so that was the update from uh, both a commercial perspective and from a uh, from a, a customer perspective um, and uh, I'd like to ask Andrea now to uh, give us an update on what we've done in the past uh, month from a from a technical perspective.
3: Okay, thank you, Paul. Uh, so let's start with the trend in the TWS space uh, going toward uh, two-way audio systems. So we uh, have seen this uh, happening uh, in the latest uh, flagship models of a number of uh, smartphone manufacturers. We see these uh, Uh, gaining uh, even more uh, momentum. And we have here an example. This is an Oppo uh, x 2 headphone with a two-way system on this picture on the left. And uh, you see there are two drivers. Uh, There is a woofer and a tweeter. Uh, In this case, uh, the tweeter is working from uh, 10 kilohertz upwards. And uh, so this is interesting for us uh, because uh, we have seen also in the latest uh, Qualcomm uh, State of Sound report Mm -hmm. that the interest toward uh, TWS is, of course, uh, very strong. Uh, The sales uh, numbers are also growing um, uh, nicely. Um, And there is a... uh, Uh, more and more requests for uh, uh, high definition and high resolution audio. And in particular, high resolution is a differentiator in terms of uh, selling and is an important selling point. So high high resolution is all about uh, higher frequencies uh, up to the uh, ultrasound uh, range. So what we see our customer asking us to do is a system that uh, uh, enable the woofer to work up to around two kilohertz. uh, And uh, from two kilohertz onward, uh, the tweeter should take over and goes up to 20 kilohertz, uh, but even in the ultrasound range up to 40 kilohertz. Mm -hmm. So you can see here a comparison uh, again on the form factor of these objects between let's say conventional electrodynamic tweeter and uh, the Conamara uh, series. Uh, and in this case, uh, the Conamara is smaller in uh, uh, diameter, so five, five millimeter version of it, but most importantly is much smaller in the thickness. So we can go uh, well below two millimeter, uh, 1.3 at this point uh, in, in the roadmap, uh, we will go below one millimeter. And this, uh, you can imagine the space in that region of the product is important. Uh, So the smaller the driver is, uh, the deeper you can go in the ear canal. But so generally speaking, you can uh, have less of an headache uh, having a a smaller product. Plus uh, the topics that Paul already mentioned, uh, the SMT assembly possibility. So they can uh, take our product uh, put them directly on a PCB, and uh, have an easier integration of the components. So this is very important for us, very interesting. And uh, Paul, if you can go down the next one. Uh, this is our uh, offering uh, in that direction, uh, the Konamara series. We have a five millimeter version and the six millimeter version. This one is a six millimeter version. Uh, So you can see in the uh, SPL, uh, we've done a lot of work in order to uh, get the the bandwidth uh, much larger uh, up to the uh, ultrasound uh, range. And you can see in the SPL, these are two measurements, one with a standard 70-never coupler and one with a high-resolution coupler. And uh, basically the, the one that should be taking into account is the higher resolution one is specified up to these higher frequencies. And so you you see uh, the object can do very well um, up to this high uh, frequency. The same uh, can be said for uh, uh, THD. uh, In this case, plotted up to 10 kilohertz. So THD uh, is well below 3% at maximum SPL uh, on the whole uh, we've with, um, this is done uh, with uh, an active linearization algorithm, uh, ALA, and we can tune the piezo response so that uh, the actual um, acoustic THD uh, is uh, uh, lower and in this case, below 3%. Does that Let's mean
1: say say that the, uh, the uh, piezo has a uh, known, mm-hmm. nonlinear, nonlinear characteristic?
3: The, the, there are some nonlinearities uh, relative to the piezo uh, yeah. actuation, um, similar to what happened uh, with voice coils. Uh, yeah. There are uh, uh, different type of non-linearities, but uh, similar effects. And we, we can account for them uh, thanks to the understanding that we have on the piezo uh, layers and the technology we can uh, apply uh, modifications so that we can uh, linearize uh, the, the output response. Okay. Uh, still, without this algorithm, the THD is below 5%. So it's not that uh, this algorithm is uh, mandatory for every application, okay. but uh, it makes uh, THD uh, even better. Yep.
1: Yeah. And uh, just one more thing. Uh, sorry, uh, the uh, coupling yeah. to the 7.11... Uh, you've got sort of like a flat line from 1 kHz down to the bottom, so it's uh, got a very tight seal there.
3: Yeah, this is a, this is a tight seal.
1: Yes, yes.
3: So let me uh, talk a little bit about our MEMS technology and, and the MEMS speaker technology in general. Uh, maybe helpful to better understand what are the concepts uh, behind this. So we we have uh, five uh, pillars of our um, know-how and uh, how to to build these objects. And these are the parts of the technical uh, development that we have to master in order to get uh, these um, components uh, developed uh, in the way we want. And so there is a first one, which is the, the actual MEMS design. So how to design a high force, high elongation, and highly linear actuator on silicon. Uh, the MEMS technology itself, uh, which is about mastering the, the piezo thin film, uh, state of the art and beyond. Mm-hmm. Then the assembly technology. So how to integrate these uh, MEMS uh, silicon chips with, in this case, with an acoustic membrane. We will talk about this later. Uh, in in an assembly process. Uh, Then the ASIC design. So uh, the power amplifier is is a big uh, part of this. Uh, So we need our own uh, design in order to have an efficient driving to bring down the the power consumption, but also to enable advanced functionalities. So as you know, the MEM speakers are using piezo or capacitive. Actuation, this is different than a voice coil and it needs a different type of um, amplifier. Mm-hmm. And then in general, uh, system IP. So what Paul was uh, showing is also the result of uh, the uh, know-how of U-sound in terms of systems so audio products. And uh, we, we are doing a lot of efforts uh, there. So next. And and here is how the object looks like in an exploded view. So you can see the object is composed by uh, several components that are uh, assembled with a typical microelectronics process, a pick and place process. And we start with a PCB substrate, which is the green element on the left. Mm-hmm. And we mount a MEMS motor on it, so a, a silicon chip that is available uh, uh, that can do the forces and elongation that uh, are needed for, for uh, producing sound. Basically, this is the role of, of a voice coil in a normal uh, standard loudspeaker, and then an acoustic membrane on top of it mm-hmm. um, that actually produced the sound. And U-Sound is the only company um, doing this concept. Also in the MEMS um, field, we have been the first moving on this concept. And uh, we think this is uh, the best way to um, get the best out of both worlds. Uh, One is the actuation using silicon, and the other one is the actual acoustic part of it. Mm. It is important for us because um, we can uh, have a uh, shrinking uh, roadmap on the silicon part. Uh, As you may know, in silicon products, the main driver of the cost is always the footprint of the silicon itself. So how much silicon area are you using? Uh, So in order to uh, get more and more Uh, devices on a single wafer, the typical way to reduce costs is to reduce the area of the silicon. And uh, with this concept, we can do this, and we already did it between the Ganymede series and the Konamara series, uh, where we have seen uh, a shrinking of the silicon part of 50%, so half of the um, uh, surface. But still, we have the same uh, uh, final dimension of the speaker itself. Uh, so the membrane is, remains large, so that we can maximize SPL. And uh, on the other side, the membrane, the, the driving uh, driver for the cost of the membrane is not necessarily its um, surface, uh, it's more the, the preparation and, and so on. So we can have a large membrane with a very affordable uh, price. And um So another very important part of using acoustic membrane on our speakers is how tunable uh, it is and how functional it is. So we can uh, design the torus and the plate so that we can meet the requests of our customers uh, without having to redesign the silicone every time. So this is very important. Uh, so the modifications in the membrane can be small and can be fast so that we can res- respond to customer more easily. And we can also reduce and damp down some of the frequencies uh, that are always present if you're working with silicon. Uh, there is It's quite normal to have some high Q uh, resonant peaks that are not... Uh, Uh, good for audio, so the membrane is uh, a good way to damp this uh, directly uh, at the device level. Uh, And then the functionality... Just out
0: of curiosity, is the the membrane material space, is that something that you, as a company, you sound researches materials internally, or are you making friends with material suppliers to, to push the limits of how thin and light and and, and designing or, or manufacturing in three dimensions. Is that something in-house or, or external? Or both?
3: Right. No, we, we have partners uh, for this. Uh, and uh, we are using uh, relatively standard materials. So mm-hmm. peak and PI uh, mm-hmm. for this kind of uh, application. What's interesting is that... Uh, we do have a much lower level of specifications for the membrane than uh, a voice coil need to have. Uh, The reason is that, as you can imagine, in the voice coil, the membrane has has also the role of mechanically uh, sustain uh, the coil and and keep it in place. Uh, For the MEM speaker, this is not the case because uh, uh, the, the MEMs, uh, chip is already mechanically uh, balanced and uh, already produced a perfectly vertical movement uh, that moves the membrane. So the torus that we do can be much um, softer uh, than uh, uh, a voice call. We, we don't have to uh, take in account uh, rocking modes, basically. Oh. So so we can, we can do a thinner uh, membrane. Uh, we have less requirements, uh, but we can focus on uh, tune the actual uh, acoustic response uh, so that we can uh, meet uh, the customer uh, specifications. Okay, thank you. And then uh, the latest one is also functionality topic. So the membrane is quite a good... Element to interface with, with the environment. This is how we can get our uh, IPX8 um, qualified. So three meter uh, over 30 minutes underwater. Uh, so the membrane is protecting the the mems uh, beneath it, and uh, it works just uh, just fine. Okay. In this, a little bit more detail uh, on the motor, uh, so you can see uh, the uh, MEMS element is, uh, in this case, uh, an hexagonal uh, silicon chip. Uh, We have six piezo actuators that are connected to a central uh, piston, as we call it, uh, through several um, springs. And this produced the vertical movement, uh, movement I was talking about. And, and as you see in this graphic, the, the movement is also stable. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a system that is mechanically uh, stable. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so we do this uh, by using polarized PCT technology. Piezo technology is the state of the art at this point to produce large force, la- large elongations. Uh, We have a version of the process that is uh, with one PZT layer and another version of the process with two PZT layers. So the more layers you can add, uh, the more force you can produce. And uh, uh, we are doing this using a a polymeric uh, structural layer, uh, which is helpful, again, to produce these large elongations. Uh, So I would like to... uh, Uh, tell that uh, this technology is fully qualified per JEDEC and ESC standards. Uh, So we have a list of uh, tests, stress tests that are done on these devices. Mm -hmm. And in particular, uh, shock robustness is always a um, a topic for basically any MEMS device, but also for speaker, obviously. And uh, I would like to Point out that uh, we we have a very robust design. We are able to uh, pass uh, very uh, demanding test conditions, in particular uh, for TWS, the two meter, 20 time guided drop test. Uh, so, this is a test done with, with a machine and this is guiding a jig on a, on a um, stone uh, substrate uh, to create very high impacts. And then uh, the other test is 1 meter 40 drops in a tumble test. I think That is more for, for smartphones.
0: I think for the people watching, uh, combined with the IPX8, this is often uh, to protect the end user from washing their earbuds by accident. <laughs> they leave their TWS in their pockets and then throw it in the laundry, and that's uh, it's not so much swimming. A lot of lot of customers might not realize that, but tumble test and IPX8 has a lot to do with people forgetting these small electronics in their wash. So, uh, sorry to dig. I digress, but please continue.
3: Correct, correct. And uh, having a look a look in the future, we are now uh, also starting using bipolar signals, uh, which is important for power consumption. Uh, for this, uh, we are getting maybe a little bit too technical, but this is the way for uh, reducing the power consumption even more. And uh, with this concept, uh, we are looking to be uh, lower than uh, uh, 0.5 milliamp, uh, which uh, is a very good target and, and would actually exceed the market expectation for, for DWS.
1: What does that 0.5 milliamps refer to?
3: So, in this case, the question current of the amplifier, um, which is the most important part of the power consumption uh, for, for our system. And uh, so, being battery powered, uh, we normally communicate power consumption numbers in milliamps.
1: Okay. Yeah. And uh, when, <clears throat> when the device is outputting, you know, what if I say maximum, body, uh, maximum SPL, uh, what does the figure look like then?
3: It's, it's minimally higher. So the equation current is always uh, the most prominent number. So I would say we would be like 0. 0.7, okay. minimally higher.
1: Uh, so that's quite a significant difference from a voice coil speaker that you burn all, your, uh, yeah. burn all your current on the coil. In this case, it's more a capacitive system where you're not really using any power, just Correct. whatever is lost in acoustic radiation.
3: Correct. This is a big difference, yes. Mm. Mm. Okay, so in terms of product, uh, so you can see that uh, the phone factor is uh, a big driver for us. Uh, on the bottom left, you can see a comparison between, a, let's say, a standard six millimeter electrodynamic speaker for, for TWS and uh, uh, the use on offering. So the the difference in thickness is obvious. And uh, the ability to assemble those parts using SMT, so fully automated microelectronic type of assembly technique uh, makes basically the design of the product for our customer um, easier or they can use this space better. And uh do smaller products if they wish, or use the space for other functionalities or simply for for bigger uh, batteries right
0: yeah.
3: next And uh, so these a uh, few words about the amplifier as 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 I said, the amplifier is an important part of our value proposition. Uh, it has been a barrier to entry in the market for us in the past uh, because, uh, as we already said, these type of speakers have a capacitive load uh, instead of an inductive one. So for the amplifier uh, point of view, this is a, this is a major change. So uh, the standard amplifiers that are available in the market are not always uh, working properly or, or in an efficient manner. So, and, and sound, then we have designed our own amplifier. We, we are at the second generation amplifiers. And this one is the one that is going to be ready this year. Um, it's an analog amplifier, uh, class H, uh, with a very small footprint, uh, less than two by two millimeter. Uh, We've the lowest power consumption that we have ever uh, achieved. So uh, in this case, we will be in uh, sub milliampere, so less than 1 milliampere uh, equation, uh, current consumption. Uh, once we will uh, um, implement also the, the bipolar signals, then we will be able to go below 0.5. And uh, we are doing, efforts also to integrate these amplifiers directly on the speaker. Basically, the speaker is um, already built upon a PCB substrate, so it is quite straightforward to take the backside of this PCB and uh, put the driving circuitry uh, directly in there. Mm. Uh, this is a good solution for some customers. Um, some other customers uh, want to design their own uh, driving system or put them uh, differently uh, in their product. But this is an important offering for us to all the customers that do want to
1: do that uh, type of work. And uh,
3: uh, at the end, we can say we have different offering for different type of uh, TWS products. Uh, So the two-way system configuration uh, where we have uh, an an open earbud, uh, we still need to use an electrodynamic woofer to actually produce the bus with a high leak design. Uh, The MEMS is perfect for taking over the uh, Twitter function, in particular, uh, delivering say crystal clear uh, sound from two kilohertz onwards. Uh, In the semi-open configuration, uh, we have uh, a version of our component that is uh, uh, 10 to 12 millimeter uh, in diameter. So a larger uh, object for full bandwidth semi-open designs. And this is in uh, uh, development uh, right now. Or for the occluded ear version, then we can use uh, the six millimeter full range uh, MEMS speaker uh, for delivering the old uh, uh, bandwidth. Mm -hmm. So there are different configurations. Uh, Definitely uh, the MEMS is uh, making its way uh, toward more uh, um, projects in the TWS space. Um, we, we are offering, let's say, a wide range of solutions so that the customers can uh, look and decide what is the best uh, for them. So, and that's it for the technical part, but I can answer questions if you have any. I saw on
1: uh, one of the first slides, the application of glasses, using it uh, in glasses, um, which is a free field type of an application. Uh, What's the thought or the comparison between earphones and free fields in terms of how the speaker will perform?
3: So in the free field, uh, we use our main speaker as tweeters, so again, uh, there is a crossover. In the case of the glasses, I think we are around three kilohertz. Uh, and um, so is important. Uh, in, in this case is a different type of development. Uh, is, is a um, free field or near field uh, sound application. Also uh, the, the SPL and THD uh, requirements are different. But it's the same. is basically the same object. Uh, so it's the same speaker. What we do for the glasses is uh, quite a lot of acoustic design for the module itself. So the acoustic mo- uh, volumes, the ports, and the position of those ports, in particular, also for uh, uh, applying uh, the dipole. Um, Configuration to to such a module so that we can improve uh, privacy. So we can reduce the amount of sound leaking toward the environment. Uh, I guess the question means
1: also a little bit in the sense is there a broader application for these speakers in free field situations? It's not something unique about the uh, glasses that makes it work. Uh,
3: Definitely. So we we see these. we see this, uh, we see the interest of uh, uh, customers. Uh, definitely in an array configuration, we can uh, um, produce systems for uh, uh, other type of products. So for uh, televisions, for uh, laptops, for cars. Uh, this is still in development, but there is definitely the the uh, opportunity uh, to do that. So, yep.
1: Uh, on a couple of slides, you mentioned that there's, you know, uh, some X percent less vibration. What vibration are you referring to in those cases?
3: So, mechanical vibration, uh, purely mechanical vibration. We have done characterizations uh, in particular comparing our speakers to uh, electrodynamic speaker and balanced armature. And we see Thanks to the fact that we are using silicon, which is very light, uh, the vibrating mass is very low. So you can imagine in comparison to a, a voice coil, uh, our speakers are 10 times lighter than voice coil speaker. Um, so if, if a voice coil speaker is half a gram, our speakers are 50 uh, milligrams. And, and this is, a, an important aspect by itself. If you if you wear a TWS for longer hours, uh, you you would like to have a light product, but it means also the vibrating mass is very low, okay. and so the, the vibration you produce is is, uh, is lower. Yep. It's about constant.
1: So, so compared to the reaction force of the voice coil diaphragm, essentially. Yeah, okay. and um, the, you said the Ganymede is used is used in the uh, MRI scans because it has no magnetics, but none of them have
2: any magnetics, right? That's, that's the fundamental one. No, there is there is one particular version, as I mentioned, the UTP twenty sixteen. When you when you think back on the explosive view, you saw that there's a metal cover on top and bottom, mm-hmm. but the UTP twenty sixteen is using a plastic a plastic cover, and this is the differentiation. So in this very one version of the Gallium series, we have no ferromagnetic materials, right?
1: And in terms, in terms of uh, low frequencies so or open applications, you get a um, the uh, limitation is more than just the diaphragm surface area; uh, it's uh, displacement.
3: So uh, definitely, these type of drivers are different than than the voice coil. It means uh, they have a, normally a higher Resonance frequency, so it's a stiffer system. Yeah, um, means we, we can uh, produce enough SPL also in the low region. Mm-hmm. What is not happening is if the design is is leaking or open, uh, you don't have the overshoot of the of the voice call that is typically happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in that sense, uh, this is still a limitation, uh, but. Uh, if you see so, from from the Ganymed series to the Conamara series, we made uh, an improvement by sixty uh, b mm-hmm. uh, in the bus, and uh, in, in the next series uh, we will have uh, additional improvement. So,
1: yeah, that's uh, by virtue of reducing the system stiffness.
3: Uh, it's by adding more force actually, and also reducing the stiffness. Yeah, correctly.
1: Yeah. Um, how about uh, classic sort of X max? Is it, uh, so the whole thing is only one millimetre. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah.
1: X-Max is not huge. You say you would just want to throw tons of power at it to get displacement low frequency. Correct.
3: No, we, we are not in the millimetre range. Yeah. Uh, is a couple of, uh, a couple of hundred of micrometres. Uh, obviously, if we can, uh, if we will decide, design uh, a object capable of, of such higher, um displacement we will have to do also a, a ticker ticker mm-hmm. product
1: mm-hmm. and um uh, there was one slide there uh, showing the woofer uh, with the uh, tweeter uh it looked like that was sealed as the uh, have you got the low frequency just transmitting straight through your device or is there a, a pathway around that uh, there, is,
3: yeah. a path. there uh, okay. is a path okay yeah okay yeah
1: and um uh, they already mentioned that one uh, power consumption and low frequency. Awesome, thanks. Okay,
0: That's, uh, and just so commercially, uh, uh, Celtec's uh, still distributing your products for you and representing globally.
2: Yes, so, yes, yeah. uh, Celltech is still on the is, is still one of the distributors we have. There are a couple of more in uh, Japan, Korea, okay. in uh, mainland China. Um, we've. As you, I think, I've mentioned the last time, we've opened our own office in Jensen, uh mm-hmm. with the local with the local team there, and uh, we also we are also very active in the U.S. American market with uh, people on the ground there in the San Francisco and the San Francisco area.
0: Okay, very as good. well as
2: Europe, of course. That's that's where <laughs> we're from.
0: Yeah, great. All right. Well, I think that's good for today. So, I encourage everybody to. Shoot your questions in the comments below. Ask us anything you like. And uh, just thank Paul and uh, Andrea. Thank you for taking the time to uh, update us on, on on your products. It sounds exciting. And look forward to another catch-up uh, whenever something's new. Let us know. Sounds good. Thanks for having us. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.
3: Thank you, David. Thank you. So
0: thank you. Much.